You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Pharrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Hey, Pharrell on the bench. Uh, hour two underway. Uh, what a terrible pass by Brett Rippon. Uh, gets picked off by Desir, his second pick of the night. Desir was the guy that uh, Jerry Judy uh, mossed, as what they keep calling it, when he stole the pass from Desir, who was corner and trying to stop Judy on a bomb in the first half and Judy stole it, picked his pocket in the midair uh, jump, basically a jump ball. He stole it and scored a touchdown going in backwards and then dancing in the end zone. But then uh, Desir had a great pick on the sideline that was questionable if he was in or not, but they gave him the pick. And then just now Desir picked sixth, hizzy, Brett Rippon with the worst pass of the night, bar none. I mean, into triple coverage. What was he throwing to Carver High? How bad was that pass? Awful pass. Uh, need need a better play. You know, just do better there. Uh, awful, awful job. And these are two bad teams, and you see a little bit of it here. Even though, like you said, this is like the Jet. You know, a couple of these games we've seen, Cleveland, Cincinnati, a little bit in the first half, Miami, Jacksonville, Esney. So, sometimes you get a couple bad teams. And they start lighting up the scoreboard, and you're getting that tonight with the Broncos and the Jets. Right. Well, we've always said uh, if two bad teams play, it's always a good game. <laughs> it's just always a good game. Every time the Browns and Bengals, I don't care what anybody says, those are two bad teams. And they played a great game, that 35 30 game. Tonight, uh, this game has been split down the middle. They have basically the exact same time of possession. And uh, it's a two-point game now. Remember, it closed, I believe, at uh, Denver getting one and a half, right? So they're up 27-25 right now. And it, if they, let's say the Jets kick a game-winning field goal, uh, Denver will cover. That'll be that. So we'll keep our eyes on this game. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. 
And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I swear to God that Brett Rippon just threw another pick. They got the ball back. After the two-point conversion failed, it's 27-25. And on second and eight or whatever it was, I don't even know what it was, he threw another terrible pass into, like, quadruple coverage and got picked off again. And I think that'll be the last time you ever see him play football in the NFL. I mean, he is absolutely terrible. Like, the passes he's throwing are so embarrassing. He's just getting worked. You can't even deny it. Poole intercepted it. They got the ball at the Denver 46. And uh, the Jets are uh, in control now. But there's, you know, eight and a half minutes to go. They're down two. All they need is a field goal to win. And then. Well, they should go for more than that. Because honestly, like you said, eight and a half minutes left. Things have been crazy. Now, this kid all of a sudden is throwing picks and he can't move the ball down the field. But. Uh, I don't think that uh, a jet field goal here is going to be the last scoring in this game. He's thrown three interceptions. Two to Desir and one to Bull. I mean, Rippon has melted down like an ice cream cone. And he is, uh, I can't even believe that, that he just threw into triple coverage and then quadruple coverage. He threw into the worst. I mean, it was like zone. There were four guys there. There wasn't even a Bronco receiver within 10 yards of the ball. On either pass. And the triple coverage was even worse. The Desir Hizzy pick, pick sick was even worse. So I don't even want to hear it. That This guy, oh my God, so awful. I, I this is Honestly, my daughter can throw it better. She he's can. She's not you, throwing it. He's showing, you, he's showing you why he's not an NFL quarterback. And why he's never had a chance before this. And he probably won't get one again after this. So uh, Will Myers just hit his second home run. Remember, he hit one earlier uh, that uh, gave him the lead, right? That was the that was the uh, go-ahead home run. And now he's hit another one to dead center, a two-run shot. It's 11-8 now uh, with the Padres up. So, I mean, they're going to the ninth. I think this guy is actually uh, – well, obviously they're going to um, – Provar scored on the on the home run, 412 feet, dead center. And then I was looking at his uh, earlier home run. That that was the one that uh, was the go-ahead home run that made it 7-6. And that was in the seventh inning. So Will Myers going off tonight. Who do you give, uh, obviously, Tatis, five RBIs with two home runs, a three-run shot and a two-run shot, one to left, one to right. And now Myers down the line in left that gave him the lead and now a two-run shot for Cushion. How do you feel about these Padres tonight uh, pulling this out? I mean, they're going to win this game. You're going to have a Friday night uh, for all the marbles. Uh, tremendous effort by them. They looked absolutely finished in this game. And then for them, but, they, you know, and they were getting base runners. And they finally punched the ticket. They finally get through. And now 
in the second half of this game, in the latter innings, you have seen the Slam Diego team that everybody knows and loves from this year in the Major League Baseball season. So nice night for Myers, for Tatis, even Machado got involved too. In the 1932 World Series, Ruth and Gehrig both hit two home runs each. It's the only time it's ever happened before what Tatis and Myers have done tonight. Both uh, with two home runs. So it's just crazy. Machado hit one. Uh, his was a solo shot. And then these guys have multiple home runs. So they've hit five home runs in the game, the Padres. Well, they just weren't interested in uh, losing tonight, were they? Down 4 nothing, They turned this game into uh, a home run festival. And now they're going to try to close the door, which I think they will. I don't see them, uh, frankly, giving up four runs here. I really don't. Which, you know, they're they're up three. I don't see them losing this lead. I really don't. But you never know. Goldschmidt's up to lead it off. He's already got a home run in the series. And a uh, very big, very big challenge here in the football game. They gave the Jets a first down here at about the 18. He looked short. Uh, Fangio is challenging it. If he wins, it will be fourth and probably a little yes, less than a yard for the Jets here with about six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So it'll be decision time for Gase if they call this short. And where are they? Where's the, uh, uh, about, the about the 18, about the Bronco 18-yard line. So do you kick the field goal to take the lead, or do you, you keep have going? To. I think you have to. If he calls it short and it's fourth down, I think you have to kick it. And so do you think Fangio is going to win the uh, review? I think he's short, yes. I have to see it right here. I don't know. He looks like he's got a first down to me. Wherever they... I, I mean, I'm just sitting there. Did he hit a home run, Goldschmidt? Boy, how, did I call that? He's dangerous. Goldschmidt just... He's already got a home run in the in the series and then he walked up and hit another one i mean it's unbelievable it's 11 9 so i mean nothing's over till it's over i haven't heard the fat lady singing yet i don't know i saw the play with the jets and it looked to me like as i'm looking at it right now if his knee's down you're right he's short his body's uh made the first down his, but his, his knee body, was down his body rolls short. yeah his body kind of rolls after the impact of hitting the ground he rolls over the first down. But when you look at where he's initially first down, I think he's less than a yard short. The whole thing is in, in NFL is the ball is down where his knee's down. It doesn't matter where he rolls. It's, it's, there's a, he was being tackled. His knee was down. So he was touched, tackled, knee down. That's where they're going to mark it. That's all there is to it. Unless they give him the game. Unless they're on the take and the game's fixed. Because I saw it. I just saw it. And I saw it from... A distance, and I could tell he was short when his knee was down. Watch his knee. His knee's down right there. He's nowhere near a first down. He's a yard short. Watch his knee. Look at his knee. He's not even at the, he's not even, his knee went down in the middle of the two, the 20-yard line. So his knee was down at least a half yard or a yard short. I mean, it's so obvious. You cannot give him the first down. His knee was down a yard short. That's all there is to it. You cannot, with good conscience, the NFL cannot have a, a replay system that allows this first down when it's so obvious that a naked eye, even to everyone in the public, there's not a person in America that's watching this right now that doesn't know his knee was down. You can't even argue it, Carver High. 
No, I I think he's short. I, I, he's got to be short. It would be a disgrace if they if they called it otherwise. So well, what's the call? I mean, this is unbelievable. Oh, I what? I still don't know what it is because I don't have the uh, volume up, so I wouldn't know. Well, it'd be nice if they changed the score bug. You know, yeah, like they, if it's fourth on, down, right? they should change it, right? They should change it back to fourth down. But they're saying it's first down, so they haven't changed anything. I'm a little behind you. Oh, so what they did is they did a horrible spot. They're not reviewing the uh, spot. They're they're making a spot right now, and it looks like he's got the first down, but he's short. He, like I told you, he's a half yard short at least. But I still thought it was a terrible spot because the knee was down in the middle of the two, right? So the 20-yard line, his knee literally hit there in the middle of the two. That's where the ball should be. And they have the ball further than that. They have the ball ahead of the two. He's still short. So now they're going to kick it. So they did. the review did help them because the review allowed them to move the ball to where it actually was, and then they measured after the review. So the challenge was won by Denver. Yes. But this guy has made four field goals tonight, 26, 38, 32, and 54. 54 yarders, pretty impressive. So here he is trying to basically give them the lead, not win the game. There's still six and a half minutes to go in the game. That's a lifetime for Brett Ribbon to throw four more picks. <laughs> I mean, this guy's the worst, these passes he's throwing. I give Ribbon... I give Rippon zero chance, zero, zero chance to uh, get down the field and score the way I've seen his last two possessions and, and interceptions. The Jets have the lead now after this guy just handed him the game. Rippon is so awful that he handed him the game, right? He gave him a pick six, and then he gave him another one. That's all there is to it. He caused him the game. Big noise for the Cardinals here. Two on, no out for the Cardinals, down 11-9. Can you believe this? It's 11-9. They got runners on first and second with nobody out. Can you even believe this? <laughs> I can't even believe what I'm watching tonight. But at least we got uh, great games on. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, Pharrell on the bench, 11-9, uh, Padres hanging on, runners on first and second, one out. So, I don't know, the last guy up popped out. I can't keep track of all the batters and looking at the box score and play-by-play -play and everything else. I got everything going on here. Joe Lisi with us, college football today. And uh, we like having uh, Joe on every week, at least by Thursday night, 
when Carver High's running it so that we can get ready for uh, college football for the weekend. Hey, Joe. What's up, Scotty? How are you? I was just talking to Carver about this Jet game. Can they blow this lead with six minutes left and Gase is on the hot seat here? Well, I don't even, uh, you know, think that, uh, first of all, I've seen anyone as terrible as Brett Rippon, those two interceptions he threw back-to-back. Like, my daughter uh, throws a Nerf football 50 yards in the street better than this guy throws a leather football. I mean, honest to God, the the passes that he threw, the the, the Sear pick six is he was bad enough. And then he throws the one to pool. I mean, honest to Christ, there must have been seven guys in, in both. There was a triple coverage on the Desir hizzy, and then there was a quadruple zone uh, that he threw into on the pool pick. I mean, what is this guy doing? Smoking bong rips on the sideline? Those are the two worst passes I think I've ever seen. You know, the only pass I've seen worse than that, honestly, and tell me if I'm wrong, Joe, the worst pass I've seen. Now he throws a bomb for, oh, the guy should have caught it for a touchdown. He never tried to catch it. What are you doing? Did you see the guy? Did you see the receiver? He never even tried to catch it. He was wide open. Look at this guy. Watch this play. How do you not try to reach out and catch it? What was he doing? Oh, my God. He's getting paid to not catch it. That guy didn't try to catch the ball. He was wide open. He didn't put his arms out. He had the Jets. He had the what? Jets yeah. plus two and a half. Did you <laughs> yeah. see that pass? All right, so the only pass I saw worse than that was by the kid. What was his name uh, at Michigan? Patterson, was that his name? Shea Patterson. Do you remember the, the yeah. Do you remember the Ohio State game when he threw from his own end zone the the pass that he threw where he was um he literally was in his own end like it, I think he was in the end zone and he threw it out like to the 20 and threw, he threw it right to that guy from Ohio State literally threw it right to him and I I said on my show at the time uh that it was the worst interception I've ever seen in my life like he looked right at him like and said here I don't want to win today. I want you to win. <laughs> you take the ball. I'm going to just throw it to you. And then I want you to sleep with my girlfriend, too. And I just couldn't <laughs> believe it. That's how bad Brett Rippon was tonight. You know what I said earlier, Joe? He's so bad in this game with those three picks, he'll never play in the NFL again. Like, who would ever start him? Yeah. Who'd you put him in a game now well, after you know what this? The problem? You know what the problem is, Scotty? There's no blue field in, in, in the Meadowlands. That's the problem. He only lights it up with the blue field in Boise State. Uh, you know what? Maybe he is on acid. Because I said when he threw, I think, I don't know, if, when you weren't on, didn't I say earlier, Carver, I, that he's on acid? How good the guy He's on acid. I said he's got to be on the sideline doing acid because how do you throw it? What is he seeing things? Is he seeing colors? Is he colorblind? But, you know, no offense. Those were two of the worst picks I've ever seen. Honestly, I was like, that's not even an NFL game. I was like watching. It was like it was arena football is better. The passes he threw. But I got to tell you, the passes he's throwing now on this drive aren't bad at all. But his receivers suck. They, they're dropping his passes left and right. This is a good pass right here over the middle. You got to catch that ball right in the guy's hands. And then how about the bomb to the guy that refused? You know what? That guy had alligator arms like the guy at the restaurant that won't put any money out on the table, Joe. When the dinner bill comes, the guy with alligator arms. That's that's what it is, right? The bill is $500. The guy orders like $350 worth of steak, drinks, and he only wants to put $50 
into the tip, and you're like, wait a second. What are you talking about? Make another lap around, all right? Just check it out. It's incredible. Is there anything? Uh, I've been out with a couple of people like that. Is there anything worse than that guy? Is there any the guy that does that? Is there anything worse than that? The guy that goes out and parties all night with you and and, and has a bunch of Johnny Walker and he's uh, drinking, you know, three fingered. Then he's having a, a beer. He's having a martini. He's having a shrimp cocktail. He's having uh, he's having uh, clams oregano and then he then he orders a Kansas City strip. Fifty-eight bucks, and the, the guy brings out forty dollars when the bill comes. I'm, I'm telling you, it's happened. I've been out with guys like that, you know, especially couples. Like you go out, you go out with couples. You you order appetizers. They have like four drinks. It's like you know, top of the shelf liquor. I'm only hey. drinking red wine, right? Like my bill is like one hundred and fifty dollars. Comes out to like five hundred dollars, and they give you like one fifty. And then the right. tip, and you're like, well, why am I getting stuck? It's crazy. It's unbelievable. All right, this guy now, uh, McManus is kicking it. It's good from deep. Uh, I mean, that was a big field goal. It looked like 50 yards or so. I don't know what it was, but it was Now it's 30 to 28 uh, Broncos with the lead with three minutes left. I mean, isn't it funny, Joe, how when two crappy teams hook up, it's always a great game? Yeah, it is, right? And it's right on the number. The opening line was two, right? Denver favored by two, and here we are sitting right at the number uh, that they opened up in Vegas last week. So it's incredible, Scott. I mean, this game's going to go down to the wire. I'll say this about Sam Donald. If he can't lead his team back against a backup quarterback, I mean, uh, is this guy really a franchise quarterback in New York? I mean, come on. Yeah, I got to tell you, you can ask a million questions. I know today... We were talking on Coast to Coast that uh, Adam Kaplan was saying that uh, our NFL insider, he was saying that the the franchise loves Adam Gase and that they have absolutely no plans whatsoever to get rid of him or Joe Douglas, that it's a that's why he asked for a six year deal, Douglas. And uh, they want Gase there, that they firmly believe that the team is in a full rebuild and that it's it's three years away at least from even being uh, decent. That they realize that they I suck. I can't believe that. Can you believe it? That's crazy. No, I, I really can't. In today's <laughs> NFL, Scott, where coaches get a year or two, that's ridiculous. Come on. I mean, with Jamal Adams is looking like a champ, right? He saw the writing on the wall. This team does not want to win now. doesn't have the heart. He goes out, he goes to Seattle, and he's lighting it up. I mean, uh, credit Jamal Adams. Say what you want. I mean, the kid was a winner at LSU. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, well, that's for sure. But then he, what did he do? Go out there and pull his groin or something? He's not playing this week. Yeah. But he looks but, good mean, in he's that. Been playing defense. well for the most part. Yeah, yeah he looks. I mean, he looks you know. good. Anyway, so let, let's 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 start over. Here we go. Let's start over. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, at the very least, we'll keep our eyes on this game, and uh, and let's get into some college football. And, and we got plenty of time. We're going to do a double with Joe, so we'll get into all these games. I want to start out with um, so tomorrow night, at the very least. I know Wake's playing Campbell. I don't really. I mean, uh, that number's enormous. It's thirty-three and a hook. But uh, Campbell's been in, every, like, you know, they've been putting up points, so they've covered for me at least a couple times. 
and then BYU, Louisiana Tech, and BYU's laying 24. Either of those games interest you at all, Joe? Believe it or not, I would lay the wood with Wake Forest. I think they, from just a speed advantage, they could dominate Campbell. I wouldn't. It's not one of my better plays, but if out of the two games, I would lay the 35, 33 and a half with Wake Forest uh, tomorrow night. All right, so uh, let's go to uh, Saturday. And uh, there's so many games uh, of significance that, that I like that I just want to get into it. Like some of these uh, SEC games, right? Let's start with Florida and South Carolina at the uh, at Gainesville in the swamp, and and Florida's laying seventeen and a half. And you know, I think that South Carolina team do they remind you at all of like Ole Miss? Because we saw what Florida did to Ole Miss. What do you think Florida will do to the Gamecocks? I actually think Florida dominates this matchup. I just have no confidence in South Carolina as a whole with Will Muschamp at the helm. Uh, Colin Hill looked good. I mean, I like Mike Bobo as the offensive coordinator, but this team just folds. This game last year, I mean, South Carolina was catching five and a half, six. They weren't in an opportunity to cover that game and wound up losing uh, by nine points in the last two minutes. So I just have no confidence in Will Muschamp. He's taken this team the other way. Physicality's not there. I think Florida's the best team in the East, so I think they dominate and cover this number. Not Again, not one of my better plays. I would never recommend laying 17 in the hook. But I like Florida in this matchup if I had to pick the game. Yeah, I'm with you on that game. Uh, Tennessee and Missouri. Uh, Tennessee, uh, obviously, uh, laying 12 against Missouri. We saw Missouri, what, play Alabama. And then I think uh, Tennessee uh, is coming off a win against South Carolina. Beat them by four. And I think the, uh, what was the number in that game? It was four and a half, right? They didn't cover. So, yeah. uh, uh, so here we go. Tennessee at home in Knoxville, uh, at England. How do you think they'll do against Missouri? Just about the same thing Alabama did to him. You think, uh, Missouri will be able to handle Missouri? Typically this is a rivalry game in Missouri's own Tennessee's number. I mean, Tennessee won the game last year by four points. I think Sean Robinson in the offense can move the football on Tennessee. Tennessee wins, but they don't cover this matchup in Knoxville. I like Missouri with the points. Yeah, me too, Joe. Uh, so I'm just like looking at my picks after you, uh, after you give me your uh, take, and I'm looking at what I've done, and I'm with you on both those games so far. Uh, so we still have a bunch of other games to go here. Uh, fourth and three here for uh, Darnold. He's in trouble. He gets sacked. Broncos take over with two minutes left, two minute warning, and they get the sack on Darnold. Nice job by the Jets <laughs> offensive line on fourth and three at midfield. And now uh, the Broncos have the Rock, and the Jets do have three timeouts left. Come back with Joe Lisi. Melvin Gordon just went 50 yards to the house, and it's now 37 to 28 Broncos with a minute 48 left. Melvin Gordon getting his rocks off in this one. Carver High yelled he had the rushing prop cover. And well, he was, it was it was 65 and a half for the game, and he's been sitting at like 63, 64 for like the last quarter. They haven't been giving him the ball, or he's been getting stopped for no gain. So him busting out with that touchdown, that puts the rushing prop way to bed, baby, way to bed. 
Yeah, oh yeah, he just went over a buck. That was a 50-yard run, and he ran right into the line, and they didn't tackle him, and then he popped outside and went hizzy. We're talking to Joe uh, Lisi, of course, college football today, and uh, we want Joe on the show on uh, Thursday nights doing his college uh, football snags and full repertoire. So what is this candy-ass low-carb thing you're on, Joe? Like, what are you going to have, an apple? (laughs) Like, honestly, like, I'm a man. I Listen— I box every day. I play ball every day. I swim Olympic laps. I I sweat. I lift. I I leave the gym soaking wet. I I completely train every day of the week. But on the antithesis of that is is that I eat like a man. I'm I'm on a seafood diet. I'll eat anything. Tonight I ate a large pizza. I had shrimp poppers. I had uh, three Twinkies. Uh, for lunch I ate a whole bag of chili <laughs> Doritos. Uh, for breakfast, I had two giant cinnamon rolls. I have 15 cups of coffee, five Gatorades. That's just in one day. Imagine what I'm like in the bathroom. I'm a savage. But you're telling me over, you're, you're over here eating Special K and apples. What is going on, Joe? Avocados and eggs, Scotty. I'm with you on the Gatorade and coffee, but no, no, you can't. You you would it would have to be dire circumstances for me to eat shrimp poppers or Doritos or anything else. Yeah, but you're also married too, so that's good. You see, you got a significant other, and that's I'm still out there. I mean, who knows? I'm divorced. I'm you know in my forties. Gonna look good, man. Joe, I, I appreciate that, but I, I've seen you on uh, SportsGrid. You do look good, and it's not a problem. And also, you need to slow down on this, like, trying to find another wife. <laughs> I mean, bro, you got to just no, let it all that, in. Scotty. What? I didn't like, say got- that. All right, well then you gotta let it all hang out, Joe. Like I highly, I highly recommend on this here show tonight. I'm gonna lay down the gauntlet. The last thing you need uh, is another one. Like if you got rid of one of them, I mean, if you punted one, you might, you might as well just punt again from the fifty. Don't even go for it, like like Darnold on fourth and three. Just punt because what do you need to have a you need to be like Carver High, Joe. Start drinking more. You need to start drinking beer and, and eating Doritos and maybe take up cigarettes. <laughs> I'll be vaping in the corner, too, right? Oh, man. Yeah, maybe. You never know. I, depending upon how these games go this weekend, it could be a possibility. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go back to the uh, well here. Uh, I want to go through some of these other ones, like uh, in the SEC, Ole Miss and Kentucky, Kentucky laying six. Yeah, one of my best bets of the week, and I love Kentucky. I just think from a physicality perspective, they wear down Ole Miss, did not like Ole Miss's defense, gave up over 600 yards to Florida, 6.8 yards per carry. Keep your eye out for Joey Gatewood, just granted eligibility from Auburn. He transferred over. He could be utilized in red zone opportunities for the Wildcats. I think they dominate. This game opened up at seven. It got down to five and a half. It's back up to six and a half. I think Kentucky controls the the clock 14 point or more win. One of my best bets of the weekend. So uh, Darnold just threw an incomplete on fourth and four. Game over. A minute left. Broncos have the ball. Broncos win. Broncos cover. Pharrell, the double cover. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. All right. Auburn, uh, Georgia. 
in Athens, Georgia land six and a half. I guess we're going to see JT Daniels. They'd better because I thought their other three quarterbacks sucked. And I thought uh, Auburn, uh, for me, I like Bo Nix. I thought they looked pretty decent last week. I, I think, you know what, I got to be honest with you, Joe. I think uh, it's hard to win between the hedges. It's hard to go to Athens and pull it off at Sanford. But I think Auburn's got a shot here. Yeah, I mean, uh, Georgia's dominated the series, Scotty. Won six of the last seven, won 21 to 14 last year. But, you know, limited fans in the stadium. I don't have any confidence in JT Daniels. I'm sorry. I watched him play freshman Gatorade player of the year two years ago, a deer in the headlights. This is the SEC. This isn't the Pac-12. And I agree with you about Bo Nix. I picked Auburn to win the West and possibly be a dark horse for the college football playoff. I'm not backing down. They're catching six and a half. I think they win the game outright. But I also like the over, over 44 and a half. I think there'll be a lot of points scored in this matchup. Georgia needs to pass. So does Auburn. So look for a lot of points, especially in the first half of this ballgame. Uh, LSU and Vanderbilt in Smashville. LSU laying three touchdowns. I got to tell you, uh, I thought Miles Brennan was a disaster last week. And I thought Costello, I, I said today on Coast to Coast with all this other crappy, uh, you know, odds I've seen for the Heisman that, you know, literally uh, Trevor's in the lead and all this other nonsense. I'm telling you, Joe, a guy throws for 623 against LSU in Baton Rouge. He's in the lead for the Heisman. I mean, that is the greatest. I thought I was watching Dan Marino at Pitt again. I mean, I thought this guy was slinging it for four quarters, throwing it just as far in the fourth, as long, as deep, as hard, as a, a like literally throwing it like Chapman throws a fastball. I thought Costello was throwing the ball as hard as Dan Marino was at Pitter in his early days with the Dolphins. He literally threw the ball on a rope the entire game. He never got tired. That guy's a badass. And I, I don't trust LSU. I think Brennan sucks, at least what I saw. I know he's a great quarterback from high school and everything else, but I thought he looked terrible with LSU. Yeah, great point. I mean, when you lose Joe Brady to Carolina, I mean, I agree with you 100%. I mean, K.J. Costello, I best week one performance in college football game since uh, you want to hear Tim Rattay from Louisiana Tech when he lit up uh, Nebraska. I mean, I mean, that's how long ago it was. I think he threw for over 500. So I agree with you in terms of K.J. Costello having an easy game against Arkansas this week. That's what Mike Leach does. I mean, obviously, now it's working in the SEC. I'll say this about LSU. Vanderbilt, 10-39 and 39 under Derek Mason in the SEC. They don't need Miles Brennan in this game, even though Vanderbilt covered against A&M. LSU runs the football down their throat. I think they cover the number by 21 <laughs> points. Uh, they ground out a 35-point win. All right, and then uh, Mississippi State, you're taking and laying 17 against Arkansas. Is that dangerous, or do you think they blow no. them out? <clears throat> Now, nah, I mean, they won uh, seven of the last eight Miss State and won this game by 30 last year. But the emotional, I just think the emotional letdown, I think Arkansas hangs around, but Miss State wins the game. So I, I could see, you know, Miss State winning by 10, 13, but I think Arkansas covers the 17-point number. All right, uh, there you go. Those were all the big SEC games. Let's go back and talk about uh, Ellinger. I thought he looked great against Texas Tech in the fact that he was so clutch late when they were in trouble and they were losing, and he just refused to lose, and he just got it done for the Longhorns. Now they're taking on TCU. They're laying a lot of wood, though, 12. The game's in Austin. Can they handle that big number against TCU after that exhausting game that they played last week? 
No, I don't think they can. I mean, I don't think they're an elite team, especially an elite defense. I mean, over 600 at Texas Tech. I mean, TCU's won five of the last six and won 34 to the 24 last year. Max Duggan returns. I think they're a live dog here. I mean, Texas might win, but plus 12 and a half with Gary Patterson on the hot seat. Give me the Horn Frogs, another one of my better bets for the weekend. I'm with you uh, there completely. How about Baylor and West Virginia and Morgantown? Baylor's a, a road favorite over the years, uh, laying two and a hook. I lean to West Virginia, but you know what I really like in this matchup? I really like the over 53 and a hook. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this matchup. Uh, Baylor played well with Charlie Brewer, West Virginia with Jared Dagey, even though they only scored 13 points on the road. I think they could both move the fall, uh, ball on each other. Give me the over 53 and a half. I lean to West Virginia in that matchup. I miss the A&M Alabama game. So we go back to that in Tuscaloosa, the uh, tied or laying 17 and a hook against uh, Kellen Mond. Yes. Yeah, two stats. Uh, Alabama since 2016, straight up 27 and one at Brian Denny. They beat their opponents by 35 points per game. They're 7-0 against A&M over the last seven meetings. Won those games by 21.7 points per game. I cannot take Texas A&M and Kellen Mond. I'm not betting the game. I bet it every year, and I always think that this is the year that A&M steps up. I'm staying away. I'm going to say Alabama wins and covers because clearly I haven't seen enough out of Jimbo Fisher yet. Oklahoma State in Lawrence against Kansas laying 22 and a hook. Best team in the Big 12. I said it at the start of the year. They got off to a rough start, but that defense, to me, is playing lights out. I think Oklahoma State dominates this matchup, and Les Miles uh, taking Kansas the other way. He doesn't have a lot of playmakers outside of Puka Williams, so I think it's a domination by the Cowboys in this matchup. I just wanted to uh, say McClendon and the Jets just took a cheap shot and just absolutely leveled Rippon with the dirtiest shot ever. I cannot believe they didn't throw this guy out of the game. Did you see him level the quarterback for no reason at all? The game's over, three seconds left, and he lit him up like nobody's business. I mean, he took his head off, and I can't believe they threw the flag. But uh, that's just absolute BS. That's a dirty, cheap shot. That's a low-blow move. Uh, that's just a disgusting hit by, uh, you know who it is? It's that Williams with his dirty-ass players and his bounties. That's what that guy is, that uh, defensive coordinator for the Jets with his crappy career of, of being a cheap shot artist uh, coach. That's exactly what you get there. They tried to hurt that kid all night with cheap shots. Quinn and Williams cheap shot at him. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Texas Tech and Kansas State in Manhattan. How about that Kansas State win over Oklahoma? Unbelievable, Scott. They outscored OU 31-14 to in the second half. Skylar Thompson, 334 through the air. They've won four straight against Tech, and here's the other thing. They've won by 7.7 points per game, but just emotionally, where's Texas Tech? There's no way they should have lost that game in the last two minutes. Now they go on the road. I just think it's a tough spot. I, another one of my better bets, I like K-State laying the wood. I think they win by double digits. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think uh, Texas Tech, they look pretty tough to me. How about Oklahoma now off the loss? They're going to Iowa State, and it's uh, uh, Oklahoma laying seven. Two stats, 76-6-2 for Oklahoma straight up against Iowa State. 13-1 and one straight up since 2000. That being said, I have the better quarterback with Brock Purdy, better head coach. 
Give me this seven and a half. Give me the money line. Iowa State outright over Oklahoma. I'm not sold on Rattler, not sold on Lincoln Riley in terms of second half adjustments. Matt Campbell's a better coach. This is this could be one of the best teams in the Big Twelve in Iowa State. Upset City, baby. Wow. And what about Clemson uh, laying uh, four touchdowns and a hook against uh, Virginia at Clemson? You're going to laugh. I'm going to say lay it. They dominated Virginia last year. Quarterback in terms of Brennan Armstrong's good. He's not anywhere near Bryce Perkins in terms of mobility. I think Clemson covers this number. I'm staying away from this game in terms of gambling. But if I had a pick, I would lay Clemson. Too much physicality on the interior. All right, and then uh, UCF, uh, how much time do I got? No time? Uh, 25 seconds, real quick. UCF and Tulsa laying 21, UCF. Yeah, I would lay the wood with UCF, Scotty. All right, hey, Joe, go find a, a pear or something to eat. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll see you next Thursday, Joe. We got to do this every Thursday. I, I love talking college football with you. Thanks, brother. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. All right, Broncos win at 37-28. I thought, like, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Dodgers are up 3 nothing now on the Brewers, by the way, in the uh, top of the sixth. But uh, Morenzi's up next, Sports Rage. Morenzi, did you see that McClendon cheap shot on Rippon at the end of the game with three seconds left? Like, for no reason at all, he literally went in and destroyed him, took his head off, tried to kill him for no reason at all. Am I wrong? I, I just saw in, in glancing at the end, did Fangio walk off the field, wouldn't shake Gase's hand, or did he, did he shake his hand? Because I thought that was a cheap well, shot. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't see the uh, the shaking of the hand, but uh, there were a lot of cheap shots tonight. And you know, well, who's the defensive coordinator of the New York Jets? Says Scotty, right? Williams. Yeah. Yes, sir. Greg Williams. So is there? You know, I was thinking about this, dude. They had four personal fouls in the in the first half. Like, is that is it an accident? Is it the ref's fault, or you know, like no. what, what kind of football are you guys playing? It's Williams. He's a he's the bounty guy. He's the dirty uh, coach. He's the angry man, and he keeps getting away with all of his BS. And they just don't throw him out of the league. He should have been thrown out of the league with bounty. Uh, you know, Gate. Bottom line is the guy's a dirty coach. I don't care what anybody says. And I just saw it again tonight. Quinn and Williams cheap shot at him. Uh, the poor kid ripping. He's never played in his life. He's getting his head taken off, and then they pounce on top of him and 300 pounders. And then that cheap shot at the end of the game by McClendon, that was as dirty a shot as I've seen in the NFL in a long time. That was like a, a Vontez perfect hit. That was that dirty for no reason. The game was over. There was three seconds left. There was no reason for it. It was just a dirty, cheap shot, and I think he should be uh, suspended and fined for that shot. You know, we'll see what the uh, what the league uh, does. I got to tell you, Scotty, I don't know what it was if they decided to put the worst referees uh, in the in the league uh, with the worst teams in the league on television. But you know, man, that that was a bigger S show than uh, than the debate was the other night. <laughs> yeah, it really was. How about really that? Was. Uh, how about that Padre win tonight? Unbelievable. Eleven uh, nine. We'll have a, a all the marbles game tomorrow night there in uh, Petco. All right, have a great show, Marinci. I'll see you tomorrow at uh, four o'clock on Coast to Coast. Good night, everybody. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. 
Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.